All right. Welcome back to the podcast, Vintage and Stuff with Drew Heifetz, where we talk about vintage and stuff. Today, I have Chris Bailey on the show. Yes, sir. Yeah. I've met Chris once at the Rose Bowl, but we've been chatting it up for a long time via the DMs because he is a fellow vintage head. He is a friend to the planet. Yes, sir. I admire. And um, yeah, we're going to chop it up today. So what's up, Chris? Man, what's up? And don't forget to mention that um, I was a customer of F is in Frank Vintage like many years ago, man. When you well, guys were. I appreciate that immensely, my friend. My uh, snapback collection was very, very, very good because of you guys. Nice. So is, yeah. is that kind of how you got into vintage in the beginning? Like what year was that you were buying from us? Man, uh, that was 2010 or 2011, 2010, 2011. I remember when I was, that was my first year of college and I was, uh, I, I just like stumbled across it and I was like, man, I like this stuff and I wanted to buy some, some vintage stuff. I just got into thrifting and, you know, I was in college, so it was like, um, it was easy to go to the thrift store and like buy stuff, you know? So yeah, they were a lot more stacked back in those days, man. Not yeah, so much competition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of my and a couple of my friends, they were into it with me too. So we would just we just turn it into something to do. And then uh, I think around that time, uh, snapbacks were like real cool. And I, I had like I had a bunch of snapbacks in my grandparents' house from some stuff my grandpa had collected, and I had like some real cool ones but then i found you guys and i found some more cool ones through you guys and some um some of those silk bomber jackets too oh yeah a bunch of those those were good for like some costumes and stuff picasso joints and like the crazy style yeah 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 so Ephesus frank vintage i was putting people on man i was like man they they're the plug they got some good shit so I remember, I remember shopping with you guys way back when. Yeah, that's super <laughs> rad. I didn't even mention that you, sorry, in the intro, that you are the founder of One Off Project, correct? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And we're going to get into that a lot more on this podcast, obviously. But, um, yo, super sick that you shopped at Frank in those days, man. There was nobody online back then, man. Like, that was yeah. a good time. Yeah. Like, I didn't really, I, don't, I didn't even appreciate it back then for what it was because i was like i was so in it you know but now i look back and i'm like it's so sick that we were one of the first people online during that time awesome dude that was so awesome you guys were the only ones that were affordable there were some other ones but they were selling shit for like stupid prices man like it's crazy yeah we used to yeah. do dumb shit too. We used to give away hats on Friday. I remember this is when like Twitter was still popular. We'd go on Twitter and we'd throw out like trivia. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> man. Trivia would get a free hat. Uh, that yeah. shit was fun. So, yeah, yo, bring it's- us into your. Where are you from, man? Like, honestly, we've 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 met, we've chatted a few times, but I don't really know a ton about you. So, like, right. where are you from? What was your childhood all about? And like, let's get into it. Right. So. Um- I kind of grew up all over the country. I was born in Orlando, Florida. Um, my mom and my dad, they went to a high school called Dr. Phillips High School. It's a lot of, uh, 
lot of stars went there. Really? Uh, my first, yeah, my first neighbor in life was DJ Khaled. That's like my dad and my uncle's real good friend. He oh, used to shit. come. Hang out. Yeah, his his so his house. His parents' house was right across the street from my mom's parents' house. And those are the grandparents that raised me. But my dad, he's from Jamaica. So his family, uh, they lived in in a little neighborhood called Carver Shores. And um, they still live there to this day. But anyways, Khaled used to come over there. And that's how he really got into Jamaican culture. My dad said they're the first Jamaicans that Khaled ever hung out with. And he would come through and he want to eat the food and listen to the music. and um, you know, him and my uncle were DJs and they, they were DJ parties at their high school and my mom would sneak out the house to go to the parties. It's just it's crazy. So Yo, that's that's epic. And this is in Orlando? Yeah, that's in Orlando. And uh you know what? Joey Fatone was in the same graduating class as my mom, the dude from NSYNC. Um Wow. You know, a lot of people would be over there because, you know, like the Mickey Mouse Club and all that and Disney that was like over there and a lot of people were like using that route to like try to like get fame from a young age. So it was like NSYNC, like all those dudes from NSYNC, Britney Spears, like a lot of those people were in Orlando around that time. So so I guess parents would be like, we want our kids to be movie stars or what, or, or musicians. Let's move them to Orlando and get down with yeah, them. Yeah, 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 yeah. That Back is crazy. All that. Yeah. If you go back and watch the documentaries of those those young stars, they'll uh, you'll see a lot of old footage that's in Orlando. It's like the Mickey Mouse Club and stuff. And that's how they all met each other early back in the day. That makes but, uh, perfect anyway, sense, man. Yeah. Yeah. I was born there. I was born in Orlando. Um, after that, we kind of moved around. My grandfather, he's like he's a rocket scientist. So oh, shit. He, he would get moved around all around the world. So during my lifetime, we moved to uh, after Orlando. I think we moved on my second birthday and we moved to Boston. Uh, this place called Chelmsford. It's in Massachusetts. It's like a small town. I don't remember too much. Just a lot of snow. And we had like a sunroom that was on the wrong side of the house. And I used to always wear this Winnie the Pooh costume all around the house. Like that's my m main memories. Um, and then please post a picture of that. Oh man, I have, ah oh, man, I have some good ones, dude, for real. And I have some, yo, I have some, some dope pictures of me wearing some, like, uh, some vintage Harley stuff from when I was a kid. And I had a little Harley bike. And I used to ride it around in the snow, man. And the snow would like come up to my chest. Um, yeah, you know, I used to hang out in Boston quite a bit because we, um, I went to school in Vermont. So yeah. Boston was like the closest city to us. So I spent a lot of time on the East Coast. I love it over there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was like really before I was, you know, I have like a very big memory. But then um, we moved to Alabama. We went to Madison which is, uh, that's in Alabama. It's like, it was like a small town. And I have a lot of, I have a lot of memories from there growing up in the South. We lived over there for like two or three years. And I remember going fishing a lot and just a lot of Southern living, man. It's just, I have a lot of memories of that. So after that, we moved to Texas. That's where my grandma's side of the family is from. Texas is like, I got family in every part of Texas over there. So Man, um, you've been around, dude. Crazy place, man. Texas is a crazy place, man. I uh, 
I've gotten to see a whole lot of stuff in my life, even as I'm young. Like I got to see a lot, a lot of cool stuff in my life. So um, my uncle, my uncle by marriage uh, is Moses Malone. So rest in peace to him. Um, man, we that lifestyle was crazy. I, I saw I met ball players. We used to get free Jordans. We used to get free. Like it was crazy, man. Wow. Um, so, yeah, I was over there until I was about, like, seven or eight. I think of, like, first grade. And then first grade, we moved to Arizona, uh, Tucson, Arizona. That's where I would say I grew up. And, like, I'm pretty much from there because, like, I spent the most amount of time in Arizona. And I spent about 19, close to 20 years in, in Tucson. And then I moved to L.A. just last year uh, on the 27th of October is one year that I've been in L.A. So, so do you know do you know the Tucson boys like Zach and Slobby Robbie and all those guys? Oh yeah, 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 man. I uh, I, I did some pieces for them, yo. I made I made these um these Louis Vuitton safety glasses. Uh, Robbie was really digging them, and I made a custom. Oh, yeah, I seen him post those a while ago. That might have been yeah. how I first got put on to you. When, I'm maybe, not sure, though. maybe because that was a that was a that was a little project that I did just to see what would happen, and it was just like this idea that I had, and I was like, I was really trying to mess with uh, transparent uh, like designs, and so I wanted to do like this transparent design with the Louis Vuitton on the safety glasses because the Louis Vuitton is transparent, so you can see through it. Yeah. It's not like you put them on and you're like blind, you know. But anyways. Yeah, I made some glasses for him. Um, he has a custom pair, actually, that I made for him. He wears them and shit. Um, I've been meaning yeah, to get I, him I, on the show, man. He's a crazy motherfucker. I could connect you with him, man. Oh, I know, no, I, I, I know. I know. We, we chat all the time. It's just been, like, linking up the times, you know? He's like, yeah, he's yeah. like, oh, I'm going to Vegas for, for sneaker con. Then I'm going here for this. Now he's getting paid. Like, it's so funny how he blew up so fast from the TV show, man. Yeah, yeah, that TV show was really hit a lick for him, man. Yeah, for real. wild. No, I, I've known him for a minute. He's a good guy. So yeah, we'll we'll have an episode soon. But for sure, that's cool for that sure. you're from Tucson, man. I mean, I saw Zach last weekend or okay. last Rose Bowl. Anyway, he came out. We had a good time. We hung out. Went to dinner. Yeah. Um. So in Tucson, I would say, yeah. So about like four years ago. In 2015, I graduated from college from the U of A, and uh, you know, I was really just—I was going through a tough time in my life. I was like really conflicted about what I wanted to do because, you know, when you go to a four-year university, like, you know, there's a very generic route that you can take, and then there's like, there's always your own path that you can take. And me and my boys were kind of like man, I don't know. I don't think this is really for us, man. Like, you know, it's just not, I'm not really a clone, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a, I'm kind of my own type of person. So I got into designing. I taught myself how to design. I taught myself how to, uh, how to produce music and how to design over the last four years. So quickly so, qu touch on this university. What were you studying? Uh, shit. I got a degree. I got a degree. My bachelor is in uh, communication. I got a minor degree in in fashion retail and consumer science, and I have another minor degree in uh, 
in sports management, but I just got that so that I could graduate a little bit earlier. That's it. It was just an easy cop out. Well, um, I mean, there's a lot of relevance in the in the merchandising, you know, and that kind of in the yeah. part. I, I think you're right, man. I think a lot of people, you know, school probably 20 years ago was like was the way to go. I never actually went. I applied to university, didn't get in. Yeah, so I just like did my own thing and snowboarded for a lot of years. Yeah, <laughs> but um. I think there's so much you can learn outside of school now and like school needs to catch up to like the rest of the world as in what they're teaching, you know, because the world's moving okay. faster than the education is catching up, you know? For real, man. And uh, I think for me, what I realized is, all right, I can't be put into like a number system where I'm just like another, you know, person just like cranking out numbers and work and you know, it's just another day and it's just a boring lunch break, you know, and I got to wear a suit and a tie and all of that. Like, that's just not me. That's not who I am. So I couldn't really go down that route. Um, during my time in college, though, I had got some I got to do some some epic things like I got to do some some life changing things that made me want to do what I'm doing now uh, in 2013. I end up being an intern for Mark McNary at BBC Ice Cream while he was doing a collaboration with Pharrell. So I met Mark McNary in Jay-Z's office, and um, the rest is history because right now, as we're speaking and doing this podcast, I'm in the shop. I'm at Mark McNary's Hollywood Dig. This is his pop-up store. I manage this, and I designed oh, no it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my uh, this is like my everyday job, and you know I love working with Mark and helping him out. So you know it's clothes, it's you know it's I get that OG advice when I need it, and I'm getting to meet some cool people. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, dude, that's super, super sick. Hold on two seconds. I just gotta get a chair. All right, what's up, Mark? I'm doing a podcast right now. So yo, that's that's so. I remember you told me about that a little bit that you work for BBC. So where is this shop at? LA. We're on Hollywood right now. It's uh right next to Shake Shack. There's your boy Mark. Mark, he just walked in. What's up? How are you doing? Good. How are you doing? Nice to meet you. Nice to yeah. meet you, Drew Heifetz. Yeah. yeah, this is a vintage guy, big vintage too. Where are you? He's I'm in LA. Canada, man. Oh. Oh, he said you were in LA. No, no, I'm in uh, I'm in outside of Vancouver, Canada. Wow, the Great White North, dude. And I can see you and and talk to you and hear you. <laughs> Technology is a crazy thing. <laughs> it is. That's crazy. Yeah, I'm Brian Fellows. Okay, now Mark is going to try to take over the park podcast. No, I'm I'm. I got bad news. What? Only two tickets. Ah, it's okay. It's all good. Anyways, we were supposed to go to the Clippers game. He thought he got three tickets, but he only got two, so he's going to take his son. But anyways, yeah. So I met this guy. Uh, I met this guy in Jay-Z's office. I had a friend of a friend. He tipped me off. He said, look, there's this dude I used to work with, or I just was working with. His name is Noah. He said that he was working with Mark McNary. He's looking for an intern. He's doing a project with BBC Ice Cream. You know, that was like a big, you know, that's a, that brand was like a big thing for me when I was a kid. 
So did you just say I you met like, him in Kanye's office? No, in Jay Z's office. office? How, did, Jay- how do you get in Jay Z's office? Okay, I'm about to tell you. So <laughs> he tells me, "Hey, this guy's looking for an intern." I'm like, "Man, okay, I ne- I have to do an internship to get to to graduate, right?" So I'm trying to get some college credit off of an internship so I can get this, so I can get, uh, complete my credits to graduate soon. Yeah. So. I'm like, all right, well, I really want to go to New York City because I really liked New York City. I visited a couple of times. So this guy's in New York. So I'm like, all right. So I write up an email and I'm like, hey, man, like I'm looking for an internship. And, you know, like I got a good knowledge of the clothing game and I've been following it for a long time. And I would love to come out there and and uh, do something. And so they, they replied to me and they said, yeah, so come through the office and have an interview on this day. And uh, I didn't even tell them that I was living in Arizona or anything because I didn't want them to think that I couldn't make it. So, yeah, you got to just you got to like take out any odds of you not getting it, man. Just like tell them what they got to hear. Make it happen. Right. Exactly. So I just said, OK, cool. I'll be there. You know, and I bought a ticket. I bought a one way ticket to New York City. And uh, my dad was living there at the time in New York. So I just figured even if I don't get it, I could just go chill with him for a little bit. So I go to the address that they sent me and like, yo, I go into this building and I got to go all the way to the top floor. You know, you got to get a security uh, pass to, to go up the elevator and all this. And I get in this office, man, and it's just huge. It's this huge office. There's like two sides of it. And I'm seeing like Basquiat's on the walls and shit, and Damn. and it's great. I'm like, dude, you're in this the ain't big leagues now, office. man. Yeah, I was like, this ain't Pharrell's office. He ain't got money like this. <laughs> and then I'm sitting there waiting to get my little my interview, and I see this lady walk down the hallway, and she like, she's tall, and she looks just like Jay Z in the face. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, yo, this woman looks just like Jay Z. And then. uh she comes up to me and she's like, who are you? And I told her and then she was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who you're here to see. And then, um, yeah, the rest is history. I, I met this guy, the guy that I was emailing, and then he ended up giving me the summer internship at BBC Ice Cream and like Rock Nation. I was like one of the only interns at the time. So I kind of just became everybody's intern. So I was doing stuff for Mark McNary. I was doing stuff for Rock Nation. I was doing stuff for BBC. Like, I was doing stuff for everybody. So I was meeting a whole lot of people, see famous people. I'm kind of naive on this. Like, Jay-Z owned BBC? Now, Jay-Z had a partnership. He had a partnership with BBC. He had bought it in, like, 2008. I think in 2008, BBC Ice Cream decided that they were going to do their distribution, like, left exclusive so that's when they started becoming available in like department stores and like small street yeah sorry you cut there you good yeah yeah did you hear it yeah hear that? no i'll repeat that last bit so like jay-z's because he had that partnership bbc ice cream's design office in their showroom was inside of his office okay. so i didn't really know it was going to be like that it just you know yeah, ended yeah. up there so then, then you then you actually moved to New York for that job, or was the job out in L.A.? Yeah, New York. I was in New York for like three, three or four months. Nice. Yeah. So, what's this job that you're at now? What do you do? Um. So I basically just help Mark out with his 
pop-up store here on Hollywood, and uh, I like do his product shots and his online inventory, and um, I design stuff for him sometimes. And yeah, we just kind of have a good time. And <laughs> no? sounds awesome. Ah, yeah. Okay, so get it. Let's get into the one-off project, man. How did this whole thing come about? Yeah. Well, first of all, explain um, to us so, what it is exactly. Yeah, so One Off is a it's a concept brand where I recycle clothes and I make every garment one of a kind without spending you know more time on one than the other. It's basically just taking old garments and making them new. So sometimes I print. Most of the time, I'm just printing over them and printing my logos and disclaimers on top of them. Sometimes I cut and sew and do uh, put two or three garments together and make you know somewhat of like a Frankenstein type of piece. Um, I created it like two, three years ago. Yeah, three years ago, I came up with the concept. Um, I just basically was having. I was, I was kind of having a hard time. I was having a tough time in life. And, uh, you know, I wanted to express this, like, this feeling of having, of being one of a kind, being, my tagline is last one left. This is the way that I felt at the time. Um, you know, I felt like I was on my own. And then also. Oh, like, why, why, why were you having a hard time? Can you talk about it? Oh, man. It was just, it was just ridiculous. You know, it was like, Everything was going really good. I was doing like these pop-ups and I was like designing clothes and I was selling out all these pop-up stores in my city and everything was going well. And then with the one-off project or with something else? No, no, no. This was before. This is before one-off. I was okay. doing like bootleg Gucci Mane merch. When Gucci Mane had first got out of prison, we were like doing these pop-ups. I was doing like installations with like ice cream trucks and like snow and like trap phones. It was awesome. It Crazy. was sick. Um, anyways, after that, like I end up ha having a tough time with some friends end up like just really like not being my real friends and like kind of like doing some shady shit and stabbing me in the back and lying to me. And then it was like, you know, when you think somebody's like really your homie and really got your back and then that happens, it's like, it's devastating, you know? Totally. And, uh, that happened. And then on top of everything else, you know, um, just just family issues, personal issues. My mom's kind of been battling this whole uh, addiction thing for my most of my life, and it was like just getting crazy at that time, just really like spiraling out of control. She's doing really crazy shit, and it was affecting me and everybody in my family like really bad. So I was just, you know, I was in a tough time, and so um, I made one off. Um, all of the logos and the messages on the clothes are supposed to be for the wearer so i want people to feel that same type of way that you know you're a one of one person um all of us have a past all of us have some type of you know drama or stress or whatever you know we've all been through some stuff and so like you know when you go into a thrift store and you find t-shirts and you find garments like you don't know what what did they went through before you got them like you know a lot of times i think that when i find cool shit i'm like the person who used to wear this must be dead because yeah why would 
get rid of this. Like, this is this is awesome. Like, I, that's the only reason I would ever get rid of it is if I was dead. You know what I'm saying? So, but yeah, who knows? No, it's, it's a super cool concept, man. And I, I think that's why I hit you up in the first place because it it is uh, it resonated with me, the whole vibe, you know. Uh, you are like you're putting effort into each piece each piece is unique it already is unique that's why people thrift and they buy secondhand in the first place so it's like we do that to be individuals right in the first place like wear something that nobody else has but then you taking it to another level kind of like what we do with frankie and reworking but you've right. given it another level of individualism by putting your own shit on it but in a unique way that will only be on the one garment right 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 and it has like a, a good environmental message, I find, like, you know, you're helping to save the planet. And like, you know, I think yeah. the messaging of people thrifting and people buying secondhand and wearing secondhand needs to be more pronounced with the, this community. Like, I think people wear do it mostly because they want to be individual, but they're not realizing that it is important for the planet. And absolutely, absolutely. I, pe I appreciate other people trying to push that message, man, because we're trying to push that message. And I think there needs to be a bigger message out there about that so that more people get involved. But yeah, I think right. your shit's rad, man. Right, man. Um, the other other big thing, the big reason why I started is because, you know, um, I think the whole thrifting world and the whole vintage world is like we're all searching for like these nostalgic designs and these like t-shirts and logos and graphics that we remember seeing as a kid and like for me that is like one of the biggest parts of the brand is just seeing something that i can identify from memory and yeah. like when i find that like that feeling is like you know you know what it is you Hell you yeah. know and everybody who will probably be listening to this knows what it feels like when you find a gym and you can remember seeing that graphic, that logo, or you remember the commercial that it was about, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And or it's like, it's like something that sparks the memory that you had forgotten about. You're like, right. Oh shit. I forgot about that TV show that I used to watch right. or whatever it is. And it gets you hype again. Yeah, for it's sure. Crazy Cause it's like, it's, it's, it, I think it stimulates like multiple senses when I see it and like, I feel the shirt and like it even has like a smell to it and like it's everything. It's just it's just a great experience. But um, with the recycling, you know, it's kind of I started doing it by accident. I, I had to sit down and think about like, how can I make a brand where everything is one of one? But like I don't spend more time on one than I really spend on the other. Like I can, you know, just crank out, you know, 20 T-shirts in a day, like, how could I do that? And then I figured, like, okay, I should just get T-shirts that already have stuff on them, and then I'll just print my logo over it, and then you know, all of it will be unique. Um, I think that secondhand clothing needs to be like mainstream, like they're neat, like Goodwill, Savers, uh, Salvation Army, like they should look into picking up a brand like one-off and saying like, Hey, we're looking for a designer to come through and rework this many pieces. And, you know, I have, I put out a call to all the Goodwills. Hey, look, we're looking for Superman t-shirts today. We're looking for NASCAR t-shirts today. Cause you know, they have pickers, they have people looking for certain things, you yeah, know, in the sorting room and, in the back, man. Exactly. That's, inter that's an interesting idea. You know, and I think, 
I think the way fashion is moving, it could go there, man. And if, especially if someone like you brings it up to them, but hey. collaborations between brands and the, what, what we thought was the normal is changing, right? You know, right. like you look at brands collaborating with like completely different types of brands or putting out product that you never thought they're going to put out or, you know, like Nordstrom bringing in secondhand clothing. It is becoming mainstream for sure. Yeah. Like yeah, know? for sure. And uh, I, I know you might remember, like, I think it was like maybe five or six years ago when like Urban Outfitters started doing that. Like Urban Outfitters started selling like vintage clothes and it was like it was secondhand stuff. Like it was old. It was old sweatshirts and T-shirts and college stuff. And and oh, yeah. like I remember they've when actually they were, been doing it for quite a lot longer, man. Um, yeah, they were. We were selling to them. Evans and Frank used yeah. to mainstream them gear longer than that like we used to do army pants for them we'd sell them wow. denim we'd sell them different reworks we'd sell them bleached out gear all kinds of stuff and they've been buying for years and years and years because they get it man they get it that like yeah. the, that their market the youth culture digs it you know and i right. think it's becoming now that even much bigger companies are jumping on like it kind of brings me to my next point that you know obviously you've heard forever 21's possibly filing right. bankruptcy Right. You know, fast fashion is changing. What do you think is the future of sustainable fashion? Like, do you have any ideas or where do you think the market's going for sustainable fashion? Honestly, I think like fast fashion is, is, is dead, bro. It's dying because right now we're in a we're in a time where people are wanting to have that unique garment and they want to have that one-of-one -one garment so like people are less attracted to going to stores and just buying the same shit as everybody is is wearing because it's just you know everybody's like i don't want to be looking like everybody you know i want to be cool i want to be unique i want to be myself you know so that part 100%. of it alone, yeah i think that part of it alone is going to kill the demand for that shit, yeah. you know, that, that increases the demand for secondhand. It also increases the demand for like hype gear because then right. you're like, if it's limited enough, you still kind right. of get to be an individual. Although like, you know, something like Yeezy is so dead because it's like every other person you see is wearing a Yeezy right now. But yeah. Um, yeah. No, I feel you. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, bro. I really think I've been thinking about this a lot too. I've been thinking about like, you know, where's, where is this thing going? And it's hard to say because, you know, just like just like you said, like Yeezy is huge. You know what I'm saying? Like Yeezy is is about to be the next, you know, Walmart type brand of like clothes. Like anybody's gonna be able to get it, and it's you know you're not gonna be cool just because you can get this shit because everybody can get it. You know? Yeah, totally. Uh, but with secondhand, it's like. With, I, th I think a lot of people are doing a similar thing to what I'm doing. So it's like everybody's trying to make secondhand a little bit more like unique and special and make it more, more demand for it. And well, and what you do, I think about this a lot because there's so many people selling secondhand thrifters, vintage stores popping up. Like even in LA, there's vintage stores popping up all the time, right? Right. It's like, how do you differentiate yourself in this market? How do you make what you're doing with secondhand clothing different? You did it by, by printing, putting your own spin on it, putting your own graphics on it. We do it with Frankie by like completely re-sewing garments and making it completely different. I think yeah. like 
you got to think like that if you want to separate yourself. Otherwise, you're just going to be the next guy. Are they giving you shit there in the background? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mark is Mark is acting a fool. He don't know. <laughs> anyway, yeah, you got to do something different, or you're just the same old, same old bullshit. No, I I feel you. Uh, one thing I learned is like people people love to see me do it like in person. Like. People love to see see me print like, it in person. He's such a fool. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, I feel you. So, yo, so did you do it? Did you do lot? So, talk about the Depop thing. You did events with Depop, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Depop featured me as a seller when I first came to LA. Uh, the people here at Depop LA, the physical space, they're real cool. Um, they show me a lot of love. So I came through and I did some events with them, and I'll probably do some more with them in the future. Um, and I was doing it before Depop too, just doing pop-up events in my city and, and doing markets and stuff. And, um, man, it's just like, like with Depop, that, that platform is, it's different, right? Because they're all about giving back to the community. So they'll say, Hey, Chris, we just want you to come through, bring the press and just make t-shirts for people for five hours. And all the t-shirts are going to be free. We're going to pay you to do it but we're giving away free t-shirts. So people just flood into the store and I just make t-shirts and they just, you know, they tell me what they want and I'm just yeah. making it in front of them. And, you That's know, super rad, man. We've done, we've done some live events where we did stuff like that. Um, but Depop is good. Uh, a good player in the community and it's growing, man. Shout out Depop, by the way, if you're listening to this, yeah. you sponsor this podcast. I seen that they've been throwing money around on YouTube lately, but um, yeah, <laughs> Deep Depop's blowing up, man. And I, they, you know, yeah. they were like in London before or in England yeah, before they, they came European. over. Here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I actually, when I came to LA, I didn't even realize they had a physical space. It was crazy because they were sending me all these emails. Like before I came to LA, they were really like sending me emails and really trying to get me to like interact with the with the platform. And I was down, but when I came to LA, I realized like, damn, they have a physical space and they like do events. And so I've actually met people through Depop. I'm doing a, um, right now I'm working with a brand called Everybody World who I met through Depop. Everybody World is the, they're the makers of the trash tees. They recycle trash into t-shirts and, um, Oh, really I know them, dude. I, I found them at Agenda Show. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. They have an office downtown LA, right? Their their factory. Right, right. Yeah, right. they make cool product, man. Yeah, yeah, and um me and them are going to we're working on a collaboration right now and uh it's going to drop soon, hopefully before the end of the year. Um but yeah, I met them through Depop and yeah, Depop has just been showing a lot of love, so I show love back, you know, for my first year being in LA. I think it's a good way to network and like get out there yeah. and you know what I'm saying? Um, That's rad, but yeah, man. man. Getting out there and doing it in front of people, making shirts and selling stuff out in the open, that's definitely the way. Like, you know, if you want to differentiate yourself, it's just like, hey, I'm a vintage reseller. But, like, if you want to be a brand, you got to get out there and show people what you're all about. And since the beginning of my design uh, journey, I've always had – the ability to have a screen printer at the pop-up or to have a heat press at the pop-up and just, you know, 
give people the inside look of how it goes down, you know, kind of make it look easy to them. And they really like eat that up, you know? Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, it adds another layer, man. You get to see your shit being made. Yes, it's sir. It's like the exact opposite of the Forever 21 pumping yeah. out 10,000 of a tank top that costs seven bucks retail. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, yeah. One off recycled garment project, man. I want to go worldwide with it, man. One day I, w I want to definitely link up with the big the big uh thrift brands i want to get with goodwill i want to get with savers i want to get with salvation army and see what we can do you know why is it that goodwill is getting clothes for free and selling it for a profit they're the only people that's doing that so why aren't they selling stuff that's already fashionable why aren't they selling stuff that's already ready to go you know it kind of takes some part of it takes the fun out of searching for it but at the same time if i could go into a store and just find stuff that i knew i was gonna like and it's not a flea market, I would definitely go and check it out. You know what I'm saying? So I want to take Thrifters worldwide are going to cringe at that thought, though. Gonna yeah, thrifters worldwide are going to cringe. But at the same time, it's like, man, look. Look at the time we're in. They said by 2023, it's going to be like a $3 billion industry, man, the, the, resale, the resale market, the thrift world. It's going to be like billions of dollars, bro. Like, y'all can't cringe at money. No, like everybody no. be at Rose Bowl charging outrageous prices for old t-shirts too. Like we got to get this paper. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? For sure. We got to get this money, bro. The, 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 the whole industry is boiling right now, man. You look at prices, uh, one t-shirt sells for like two grand sometimes now. You're like, yeah, that's hitting an all time high, man. That's not historically, you know, if you could sell a t-shirt for 500 even, you'd be laughing. But now t-shirts are hitting two grand. Like what's up with that? It's insane. Great. And, and and people are telling me like, yo, you should sell this shit for like way more than you sell it for. Because what's, like, what's your price points on your on your customs? I mean, I'm selling like a, a normal, like a, a whatever one off shirt for like twenty five bucks. Like a shirt that's just completely just like random. It had a cool design on it. It don't have any flaws or anything, but it's just a random shirt. It's like twenty five dollars what I start at, and then I go up. 25, 34, 43, all the price points got to add up to seven. But like my That's highest- That's your thing? All the price points add up to seven? Yes, sir. Yes, Why? sir. Why? Is that the lucky number? It's a, it's a lucky number for me. So I, uh, yeah, that's a part of one-off, man. That's uh, crazy. So like, yeah. is there a historic thing behind it or is that just something through your life that you were like, this is my lucky number? It's just numerology, man. You look up, if you look up uh, numerology and you study- study the significance of numbers and situations. Yeah, I'm, I'm like all about it. You want to hear some crazy number shit? Yeah. So um, my numbers are, my birthday is 28, right? I'm August 28th, which is, which is an eight. August eight. is eighth month. I'm the 28th and I was born uh -huh. 1980. So eight uh -huh. is like my fucking number. Right. And um, another weird, my house number that I'm in right now is 38287, which adds up to 28. Yeah. Um, every time I would like be on a sports team, I'd randomly get given to number 28. Wow. Um, oh, yeah. Sorry. My, my wife. Give me a minute. <laughs> this is my wife, Ren. Hey. Um, Hello. She, she always Hello. is bringing up the uh, numerology. So cool. my last three houses added up to 28? Yeah. Yeah. So my last three house wow. numbers that I lived in added up to 28. And that's just total coincidence. Yeah. It's a family that's life. crazy. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm all in the numerology. So that's super rad that you bring that up, man.
I was born on the 28th as well of December. Um, I was born in 91, but the, my weight of when I was born, uh, it's, it, it adds up to seven as well. So that's kind of why I started going with that number. Um, but yo, anyways, man, I've sold super, super, super rare pieces for like kind of what people would call low prices as like, as far as just the piece alone itself and then the work that I put into it, you know, I haven't really sold anything more than $200. But it's because I have like, right now I'm at the stage where the people who support me are mostly people that know me and they're like my friends and like, you know, I want to see them rep. I want to see them support and I'm really thankful for it. So, you know, I give, I give out some deals to, to people every now and then, but, um, now yeah, that I'm I mean, in LA, enough, man, that's, that's good shit. It, it builds like loyalty to what you're doing, exactly. you know? Um, but yeah, we got to get some, we got to get you some followers on here. So we're going to put, we're going to put the link to your shit on this video. Obviously you got to yeah. go follow one off project. What would be, what's your main source of, um, of vintage right now? Like, where do you go and get your stuff to work? Yeah, man. Um, I mean, you don't have to so, give out any crazy secrets, but like just yeah. roughly what's your, what's your game? Nah, man. Um, you know, I hit the bins a lot. I hit the bins. Um, honestly, man, I'm gonna tell y'all what it is. I have a crazy collection because of living in Tucson. That place is kind of just like an unturned stone as far as finding like vintage gems and so like i remember dude i can go to savers and just come up on like four or five harley t-shirts at one time like and they're all from the 90s they're all bangers and that's just one thing that i could pick up you know like in like a 10 mile radius you can hit like three or four spots that are gonna just give you everything you're looking for you know yeah and so when i when i was there i would just pile up stockpile stockpile I go to Phoenix and get a bunch of stuff like Arizona is just this place where people there's not really people looking like there are, but it's not like it is in L.A. Like when you go to L.A. and you find a gym, it's rare in Tucson and Phoenix and places in Arizona, man, these gyms are just scattered in like just yeah. get out there. And no, look. I can imagine, man. I've never been out there. Jesse goes to Arizona sometimes, my brother. Yeah. And I think he picked a little bit. I, you know, you got to just get off the beaten path, man. Anywhere you go, it's like those smaller cities, cities where they're not so much hype. You know, you, like trying to trying to pick in New York or L.A. It's it's like the center of fashion, man. Man, yeah, no, nah, you're not gonna find much. No. It's gonna be difficult, man. Yeah. You got to really like spend time and be there for a long time. But I go to the bins out here. I live close to one, and then uh, I go to another one, and I find stuff, and I have. You know, all my all my boys, uh, they're they're in this thing with me. So I have a lot of hands on deck whenever we pull up somewhere, and we just have man, we have a good time at the thrift. Nice. I see a whole lot of serious faces and a whole lot of just man, we're just having a good time. We're busting jokes. We're just we're having a good time in there, man. You know, that's all it's really about. So yeah, man, to source. Oh, I go to the flea market too, man. I have some friends, and they. You know, they have little $5 piles and little $1 piles, and I go and that's perfect for my brand. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, So man. what's next for one-off? You got any events coming up? You doing anything for the holidays? So about to do the Rose Bowl very soon. I'll sign up for the one in December. Oh, nice. So, 
December 8th. I'm going to be at Rose Bowl. We're going to be making shirts. We're going to be selling stuff. We're going to be having a good time out there. Um, also, I have a really big campaign that I'm working on getting all the professional details worked out right now. Um, so I want to start this thing. Basically, it's a pop-up tour. I want to take uh, – I'm thinking I'm going to go by crowdfunding, but I want to crowdfund enough money to flip a shipping container into a transportable print shop for one-off. Sick. You can drive and it around the country. Exactly. Get it picked up by a truck, drive it somewhere, hit up some, you know, hit up some vintage heads, hit up some, uh, some, some stores and say, Hey, can we drop this thing in front of your store or in your parking lot for like a few days and just, you know, vibe out and, and hit as many cities as we can and just spread the word and just, you know, it's, that's a, that's a recycling thing in itself. I want to recycle a shipping container into a store. You know, a lot of people are doing shipping containers and, um, the best thing about them is they're port, they're, they're transportable. So hell yeah, I, I know people that make houses out of them or cottages out of uh -huh. them and it's rad. Uh -huh. Dude, you should ask so, Depop to sponsor that project, man. They might dude, just throw you all the money. Dude, Depop is definitely part of the plan. Like I really want to, you know, I'm getting, I'm trying to get all the professional, you know, some numbers and stuff like, um, organized. So like, you know, when these companies, who I want to ask for sponsorship, ask me, you know, you know, what's your profit margin and what, what, what can you make and how many shirts can you make? I, I can give them some numbers and yeah. say, look, you know, yeah, you because, just got to put together a proposal for them, which is a pain in the exactly. ass, but it wor it's worthwhile if it comes out in the end and you got to, you got a shipping container driving across the country. Dude, man, it's, it's a big, it's a big dream for me. And I really think I can make it happen. Um, I just, you know, I just want to get the right people behind it and see who to sponsor me and see who's down. Just, you know, go go 100% strong with it, you know. Nice. Yeah. So that's the biggest. That's the biggest next move for one off, man. Um, well, I can't wait to see that. You better come up to Canada, dude. Like, <laughs> find me a spot, man. Come on, dude. Drew, you can park it at my store. Have you ever been to Canada? Never been to Canada, bro. Do you have a passport? Yes, sir. Okay, good man. It's funny, but like a lot of people ask in the states if they have passports, and so a lot of people don't, man. A they lot don't. Of don't leave yeah. the country. Yeah, no, I've been out the country. I like to travel, so yeah, I have my passport. It's ready to go, man. I'm ready to get some stamps. All right, all right, let's do it. Yeah, man. Anytime you want to come up, you're welcome. I got a guest room. Dude, that would be awesome, bro. That would be tight. So, who do you want to shout yeah. out, man? Um, who do I want to shout out? I want to give a big shout out to you. I want to give a big shout out to Mark McNary. I want to give a big shout out to all my boys who have been helping me out with this. Uh, all the boys at the Habitat Studio. That's our studio. Shout out to them. Everybody who's been supporting One Off. Um, I want to give a big shout out to everybody at Depop. Lizzie at Depop. Uh, Sarah from Depop. Everybody who's been, you know, helping me since I got to LA, just get adjusted and have a good time since I got out here. Uh, all my boys that sell me vintage online. Um, man, I got a few people that I buy from consistently. PFR Vintage, those guys are tight. Uh, uh, Long Gone Code, that's my boy Matt. Um, man, it's a lot of people. Who's, I your, who's, your, not, who's your, like, 
top three vintage accounts that you fuck with? Um, okay, let's see. I'm going to check the DM right now, man. <laughs> um, dude, I, I really, really fuck with... Dude, you know who I really fuck with, but he never shows me any love back, but I still fuck with him? Um, he's this black dude, and his name on Instagram is The Heat Broker. And this guy has, like, some of the craziest pieces from my childhood that I've ever seen. This guy is awesome. The he doesn't show broker. you love, The Heat Broker? Yeah, bro. Like, I'll hit him up. Dude, because you know what? Sometimes I'll find something really, like, I don't know what the value of it is, you know? Um, and he'll like sell one. Right. And I'll ask him like, Hey man, like I have this piece and I'm trying to see, you know, if you can give me like an appraisal of somewhat, you know, it's just like, it's a shirt. Like, I just want to see like how much you think it's worth, bro. He'll never, he'll read the DM and he'll never respond. And like, yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's a lot of guys don't. I do. I get, I help people out because I like sharing information. I like bigging up the community because I've like been in it so long. A lot of people don't like yeah. that though, but he's actually, do you follow the vintage community memes? Um, no, what is it? That's a new account that he started. It's called VTG community memes and it's just all vintage and thrift memes. Super oh, funny shit. page. He's a nice just, guy. He's, uh, as far as I know, he, I met him at the Rose Bowl last time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I really fuck with his page um, just because the gems that he gets crazy. You know what I'm saying? Um, Who else you got? Is someone playing music there? Yeah, I think Mark just put on a movie. Okay. He's, our store is like a living room, so you can just like yeah, so chill. Um, 1980-something Co. is like really – I like their page a lot. They're very consistent posters, and they always have good stuff coming out. So Hell, yeah. Shout out. He's also um, Chris. Oh, he's a Chris also? Yeah. Okay. Um, let me look on my photos that I've liked. Let's see. So, yeah, Yco Vintage. I've never shopped there, but they have some gems. They be charging a lot, but yeah, Yco's Yco's an OG man. I think they've been in the game for like twenty years, fifteen yeah, years at least. Shout out to them because they be going crazy. Oh, my dude, David Designer. He's a dude out here in LA. Um, he's a black dude. I met him at the bins. He's always there. He's always coming up like. It's crazy, man. Like, that guy's dedicated. Um, yeah, man, shit. Survive cool. Vintage, they're cool. They got some good stuff. They're in Ohio. I think that's one of those places where nobody is, like, looking for it. So I think they come up pretty pretty good out there. Um, yeah, like, speaking man. of Arizona and places like Ohio – People just bitch that there's too much competition in their own hood, but there's nobody willing to move either, you know? If you're right. willing to move, you can go anywhere and find good shit. You just got to be willing to make the sacrifice if you're that into it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Okay, also big shout out to Tierra Wack for supporting one-off, uh, her DJ, Zach. Um, uh, my guy Dave Bailey from Glass Animals, he, he supports one-off too, um, so shout out to them. Shout out to everybody else that's supporting, man. I I never thought that I was gonna like you know get this much success with the brand, but um, you know that's why I'm still sticking with it. You know. Yeah, dude. It's just the beginning. I feel like your time is coming. 
So we're going to call it at that, though. Thank you for being on the show. Sure. I yes, truly sir. appreciate you, man. I love what you're doing. I appreciate all the listeners to the podcast. Please leave us a review on iTunes. Subscribe to the channel. And we will see you on the next one.